God is good. All the time? God is good. All right. God is good. All the time? Let's try that again. God is good. All the time. One more time. God is good. All the time. So these are just techniques that pastors use to stall, actually. So I just keep saying, one more time, one more time, until I can gather my thoughts, right? Um, but we are continuing in our series in the Epistles of John. Not in the Gospel of John, but the Epistles of John. Epistles are letters, and there's three of them, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. And right now we are in our second week in 1 John. The specific verses are 1 John 1, verse 5 through chapter 2, verse 6. And the sermon today is entitled Fellowship of the Light. And just as a review, I wanted to give some background so we can have some context to um, what uh, I'm talking about and what's going on in this letter. Uh, But the purpose of 1 John is uh, the rejection of some subversive teaching. So there have been dissenters in uh, the church of Ephesus and in the larger network of churches in Asia Minor, there were people who were leaving the churches, leaving the church because they had a particular bent in how they viewed Jesus Christ, who Jesus was and what his saving work or atonement, his atoning work was all about. And what these dissenters said was that Jesus could not be fully human. They they de-emphasized the humanity of Christ, the in-fleshed incarnation of Christ. And therefore, they said, he couldn't have died on the cross. He couldn't have died on the cross to save us of our sins. Gnosticism and dualism that was sneaking in there. And that idea basically said that uh, what is fleshly is of the world and corrupt and bad. And what is spiritual, right, is heavenly and good. And all, all perfect knowledge Um, is received in the spiritual. Does that make sense? So there's kind of a separation of the flesh and the spirit, and therefore God couldn't be human, right? God couldn't be, God couldn't die on the cross, right? Maybe Jesus was human, and then God sent himself to, like, possess Jesus for a time, but went back to heaven, right? Before he was on the cross. Or maybe um, Jesus was just in the appearance of God, but he wasn't actually a fleshly person. And so John, uh, the author, the elder, one of his purposes is to undercut uh, this subversive teaching and reject it. And he wants to remind also the second purpose to reassure his readers, the people in the church that Indeed, because they're confused. All these ideas are coming around, and they're confused. Are we following Jesus? Is Jesus the Son of God? Is Jesus the Messiah? Did he die on the cross? Was he resurrected? And the elder is saying, yes, indeed. And if you know God, then you'll do right. You'll avoid sin and love your fellow believers. And the author is also wanting to emphasize the real humanity of Jesus Christ and the Son of God come in flesh. Christ's sacrifice on the cross has saved us. And that Christ was human and dwelt among us, was incarnated, is very important 
because it has implications in how we love one another as we walk this earth. Because what? Christ loved people, right? So there isn't a disconnection, right? The further, the deeper and deeper you get into spirituality, it doesn't mean the further and further you get to connection, relational connection with the people around you. Actually, to follow Jesus, this is what the author is saying, to follow Jesus means you're actually in deeper fellowship with God and deeper fellowship with one another and deeper fellowship with other people. And that Christ's sacrifice on the cross matters, that there's power in that, that he did it to save us. Everyone say light versus dark. You can hit the next slide. I've got two illustrations, light versus dark, and don't look a gift horse in the mouth, okay? So when I was a young kid, I remember being home alone, and I was really afraid of the dark, right? I was afraid of the dark, and so when I'd get out of bed and I wanted to go to the bathroom, for instance, I'd, I'd say out loud, I know you're there, right? Yeah. I know you're there. Right? As if, if there was a thief or some burglar, right, it would scare them that, you know, just bring it down to the everyday. I know you're there. Let's, let's get that out in the open, right? I know you're there. And then I'd run to the light switch, turn it on, right? And I'd run back, or run to the next light, light switch, turn it on, and run back and forth, um, making sure the lights are on wherever I was going. Um, so it would bring light into the darkness, and I would feel safe and protected, And here's something about the light and the darkness. Light and darkness, they're never in the same place at the same time. Have you noticed that? Light and darkness are never in the same place at the same time. You'd think they're like the same person or something. Because when one is there, the other one isn't. And when darkness is there, light is... Wait, actually, it only goes one way, right? When light is there... Darkness isn't there, right? So I know that inside this closet, it's dark. There's no windows. It's dark in there. And so my experiment today is to try to get light and dark in the same room together into this closet. Ready? darkness is gone. So light, remember that, light and dark can't coexist, right? They're not in the same room together. They're not friends. They won't be together. And the second illustration that I want to give is don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Have have you guys heard of that phrase, right? Don't look a gift horse in the mouth, right? And where that comes from is back in the day, uh, you judge a horse Horses age by the length of their teeth. So you would examine their teeth, um, and based on the size of their teeth, you can say, oh, this is a young horse, or this is a really old horse. And, and so from that came this phrase, <coughs> meaning if someone is giving you a gift, is giving you something, right, don't examine it too much, right? Don't analyze it and say, 
I wonder where it came from, or what's the motivation for that, or what, what's, what's the catch, right? Or what is the politics behind this gift? Don't look a gift horse in the mouth means when I give you something, just take it, right? And I think in our culture, we have a hard time receiving, amen, because we're independent people, especially in Seattle. In Seattle, right, we want to be independent, even though we want friends and we're lonely in our rooms, right? <laughs> out in public, we're like, I'm cool, I'm cool. Oh, yeah, I didn't want to hang out anyway. Oh, that's, it's all good, it's all good. I'm all right, right? But we want community, we want intimacy, we want connection, but we're too cool to care. We want to be cool. And so it's very hard to receive because when we receive, Right? There's a certain vulnerability in receiving. It means I need that. I need you. I need that something. I'm dependent on that. Right? So when we receive, uh, so if Phil, for instance, you know, gave me 20 bucks, right, to buy whatever, something for my house. And then a week later, right, I bought $20 worth of socks for Phil. He'd be like, oh, that's interesting. Right? And then a month later, he gives me right, a bicycle. Oh, I have an extra bike. I have many bikes, plentiful. Right? Right? And he gives me a bicycle. Right? And then a month later, I give him a really nice skateboard. Right? And the value of that skateboard was the same as the bicycle. What would Phil be thinking? Right? Or sometimes with our friends. Right? We calculate, oh, they, you know, they bought lunch for me. So we're like, oh, it's like 1573, right? Oh, I'll get you next time. Uh, and you can eat 1573 worth it, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I'll get you. And what does that tell you? It tells you that, you know, we're accounting for our relationships, right? It's hard for us to just receive and take it and not count it. Right? We want to be independent. We don't want to like, need each other and share things. And so, but what that actually does is it breaks relationships. It prevents relationships from getting deeper. Right? Right? So my, you know, with family, or even families do this, right? They count their money. But with family, you would expect, hey, right? Like, what's mine is yours. We're not going to count. You, you pay for it. I'll pay for it next time. We're not counting. What's mine is yours. What's yours is mine. Mi casa es su casa. Uh, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. And part of the gospel, right, the gospel, the good news is that God is the giver. And we are the receivers. God is the giver. And we are the receivers. And this is the gospel. But we being humans and being control freaks and being proud and being whatever, overachievers, we want to be like, what can I do to be saved? What can I do to gain eternal life? What can I do, do, do? Does it mean pray really, really hard? Cheerio! That's Korean, sorry. (laughs) No Koreans in here. Um, Or does it mean going to church every day or like Speaking in tongues or giving to the poor as much as you can. Uh, giving all of my money away. Right? 
All of those are good things, right? But we have it backwards. Somehow in our head, we've made the equation, right? This plus this plus this equals good, equals heaven, right? Equals eternal life, equals I'm saved. Instead of the relationship, right? When we have the relationship, when we're close, when Phil and I are, sorry, I'm using you. When Phil and I are deep and close together, right? We want to give to each other. We want to receive from each other. There's no apologies. There's no like, you know, oh, you saw me um, with my pajamas on, right? I feel so embarrassed. It's like, oh, here's my pajamas. I feel comfortable around you, right? We feel comfortable around each other. And so when we receive and we build relationship with God, right, those other things come out naturally. Let's get to the scripture. <laughs> um, so let me read starting from one, chapter 1, verse 5 of 1 John. This is the message that we have heard from him and announced to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. If we claim we have fellowship with him, and live in darkness, we are lying and do not act truthfully. But if we live in light in the same way as he is in the light, we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from every sin. If we claim we don't have any sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from everything we've done wrong. If we claim we have never sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you don't sin. But if you do sin, we have an advocate with, fa with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is God's way of dealing with our sins, not only ours, but the sins of the whole world. This is how we know that we know him. If we keep his commandments, the one he claims, I know him, while not keeping his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in this person. But the love of God is truly perfected. And whoever keeps his word, this is how we know we are in him. The one who claims to remain in him ought to live in the same way as he lived. So just a quick lesson on words. Uh, the word fellowship uh, is only pr present in 1 John. It's not in 2 John. It's not in 3 John. It's not in the Gospel of John. This word fellowship, which comes from many of you heard the word koinonia, right? Co what is koinonia? It's fellowship. It's community, um, whatever. Um, so in our particular reading, we see fellowship uh, several times. Um, and we saw this in, in last week's um, passage fellowship, this idea of fellowship. If, if you're with us, right, if you're children of the word of life, if you know the word of life, then you'll be in fellowship with us. And you being in fellowship with us, the writer's saying, you being in fellowship with me makes my joy complete. When we are in fellowship together, makes my joy complete. And so one of the things that uh, commentators have say is that this language is only specific to 1 John. It's not like the usual language. Peter uses koinonia, but in 1 John, it only uses koinonia, not in the Gospels, not in the other two letters, because he's pr 
probably um, responding to these dissenters who are using fellowship, the, word, the same word, fellowship. And this word is often meant to be, it's kind of a sodality, right? Like we are a relationship of high commitment surrounding a specific purpose. These dissenters are saying, join us because we've been baptized by the Spirit. And because we've been baptized by the Spirit, we know him in this special way. We know him in this special way, but it's the special way of knowing is this, this is disconnecting them. So we don't have to, you know, we don't have to be in relationship with Jesus or in community. We can just pursue this knowledge, right? This knowing, this spiritual kind of ecstasy. And John um, is saying, don't be in fellowship with them, right? Be in fellowship with us. Be in fellowship with me. Because what it means to be in fellowship with the God of life, it means to know that God loved us and that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, right? And that God is light, right? God is light. And so he sets it up right there. God is light, and therefore there is no darkness in him at all. Wherever there's light, there's no darkness. And you're like, wait a minute. Doesn't he later on contradict himself? Right? Doesn't he say, whoever says I've never sinned is a liar? Right? So everyone sinned, but he's saying, right, if you're with God, there's no darkness in you. You have nothing to do with darkness because there's no darkness in God. Only God is light. Right? So what's up with that? On the one side, it sounds like we're supposed to be perfect. We don't associate with darkness. On the other side, he's saying, all of you live in darkness. And if you say you don't, you're a liar. You lie. So what's up with that? What's up with that? We'll get to that. The writer of 1 John is responding to these dissenters. And the way he's doing it is saying, if we claim, right? Three times he says, if we claim. Verse 6, if we claim, actually he's saying they claim, right? They claim we have fellowship with him, but they live in darkness. We are lying and do not act truthfully. Again, in verse 8 he says, if they claim we don't have any sin, then they're deceiving themselves and the truth is not in them. Once again, in verse 10, if we claim we have never sinned, we make God a liar, and his word is not in us. If we claim, if we claim, if we claim, if we claim that we don't live in darkness, if we claim that we don't have any sin, if we claim that we have never sinned, then... We have nothing to do with this God who is light. We are not children of light. And then the alternative, verse 7, but if we live in the light in the same way as he is in the light, we have fellowship with each other, koinonia, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from every sin. Again, verse 9, the response is, but if we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from everything we've done wrong. Um, So there's something different in being in the light and children of light. It's, It's different because it's not being perfect, right? Having no darkness in us and like staying as light as possible having like reflections, right, (laughs) and lights. Um, But there's something about confession, right, a confession of our sins. And there's something about being in the light in the same way as he is in the light. Just like Jesus is in the light, we're supposed to be in the light, right? Just as Jesus... Um, was real. I think this is the word that I'm trying to... There's a certain vulnerability and honesty, right? And I think what the author is saying is, be real. Part of, being, part of what it means to be a child of the light is to be real, right? Be real. Let's read on. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you don't sin. But if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is God's way of dealing with our sins, not only ours, but the sins of the whole world. This is how, this is how we know that we know him. If we keep his commandments, the one who claims I know him, while not keeping his commandments... Uh, while not keeping his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in this person. But the love of God is truly perfected in whoever keeps his word. This is how we know we are in him. The one who claims to remain in him ought to live in the same way as he lived. So I think the difference is there's a relationality, right? We're not disembodied spirits that are floating away and that and we're kind of lit up, right, and shining. And the little, little voices are saying, it's a small, small <laughs> world, right? We're not disconnected and floating, right? Part of being in the light is actually different. Being children of the light is way more grounded, right? Being children of the light is to be in fellowship with Jesus Christ and to in fellowship with God, who is of the light. Right, and this is where the Christology comes out. Like, who is Jesus? Jesus was God, and man, and person, who came to the earth, right? And his saving work was that he died on the cross, and cleansed us, and purified us. And that matters. You can't take that away from Jesus, right? C.S. Lewis has this amazing quote. I can't quote it verbatim, but he's saying. Right? If we call Jesus just a teacher or a great prophet or whatever, we're doing him a disservice. We're slapping Jesus in the face because he didn't say that. Right? Jesus said, I am the son of God. I'm God. Right? And to just say, oh, you're a prophet, right? we're basically taking words out of his mouth and changing them. So C.S. Lewis is saying, either if you take Jesus for his word, either you're crazy, he's Jesus was crazy or a madman, or he was the son of God, right? That's what the Bible says. Either he's crazy or he's the son of God. Don't make up titles and roles for him that he didn't say. Either he was crazy or he's the son of God. 
And this is the, what the writer is saying. He indeed is the Son of God, right? He indeed saved us from our sins. Don't make up some other stuff. Don't make up other stuff that doesn't make sense. And so to be a child of the light means that you understand this, right? That Jesus was both human and came down and loved the people around him, right? And then because of that love, he died for us, right? And that there's power in that. And so if you're a child of the light and you're, right, you take after your father, you'll also love one another. And this is the stuff, this is the ethical stuff that comes out, right? It matters because that's what Jesus did. And so if we reflect our father, this fellowship, this koinonia, it means we actually love one another and we love the world around us. We don't disconnect and float away and seeing it's a small, small world. <laughs> Be honest with yourself. You are a sinner. And a lot of us reject Christian community, we reject church, or we reject kind of the Christian pastors or leaders or authorities in our life because we're like, ah, oh, the hypocrisy, ah, oh, the judgmentalism, right? I'm judged when I go to church. Ah, oh, I just feel ashamed. I feel a burden when I come to church or when I hang out with Christian community because we've placed that on ourselves. We're, we've said that what it means to go to church is to be perfect, right? To be perfect. And if we're not, then I don't want to go because either one, I'm ashamed, or two, I don't want to be judged, right? You're either the aggressor or the passive yeah. person, right? Like, ah! Or you're like, I'm too ashamed. I'm not worthy. Um, but what we see in here is, yes, God is light, but don't look a gift horse in the, in the mouth, right? He has the ability to cover you, right? And even though we live in darkness or there's darkness in us, when we are in the light, when we're walking in the light, that's Jesus' saving work, right? Jesus' saving work justified us, right? And it's also, the Spirit is also working to transform you day by day, right? You're covered. He's got your back, right? You're paid. Like those times when you didn't, you didn't have cash, right? And everyone shared dinner together, and people were ordering expensive stuff. You're like, no, only two dishes. And they're like, 15 dishes. Oh, man, we're going to split this? I don't have it. And then how you're relieved when someone says, oh, I got you. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I got you. Because I only had $2 in my bank account. And my, my, ven my Venmo account had 50 cents, right? Yeah, the relief. Oh, they cover me. They paid for me. Right? That's how, that's why our joy is made complete as we're children of light and fellowship. When we come to this place, we're covered. Right? You didn't have to pay at the door. You're like worried, will I be discovered? Right? As the non-payer. As the poor person. As someone who's lacking. No. The fellowship of the light 
is when the light shines, we don't lie to ourselves and hide because we think we can, we can make ourselves okay. Right? When the light shines, we say, God, thank you. Thank you. You guys see the difference? So, one, is there a slide? Living in the light means we'll be honest and open to God. Living in the light, thirdly, is we will have fellowship with one another. Right? Because Christ is light and dwelt among us, we too will dwell with one another and connect. And three, we'll be cleansed of the sin by Jesus Christ. We don't clean ourselves. Jesus cleans us. And that's the gospel. Good news. God, thank you so much for your work in us, your work on the cross. Thank you for the good news that uh, that when you say you love us, that means that you want to connect with us and that you came to connect with us and you continue to desire deeper connection with us. And as we are children of the light, we begin to take that on and reflect that to one another, that we want to be in fellowship with one another and that we want to connect with one another. And we share that same DNA. And in sharing that DNA, we also want to go out and invite people into that, uh, into that fellowship, to that fellowship with you and to one another, into that tangible love. And help us to be a community that doesn't fake the funk or kind of project something that is false or that isn't us, but be a community of individuals who are vulnerable, um, who are open and honest with our shortcomings so that we can witness to the power of you and your Holy Spirit and our lives, not the power of ourselves. In your name, amen.